Welcome back, everybody, to the Tried of the Force podcast, a podcast from Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. Today, once again, is one of those days where we do not talk about Star Wars, or maybe we will at the end. We'll see and talk about those other nerd-related medias, and today's topic will be Godzilla minus one, although we'll see if we don't get sidetracked in the first part of this conversation and com talk about something completely different. But joining us today, my very good friend, a roommate, a podcast host from the One and Done Show, the Imperial Senate podcast, a, a rewatch between worlds on the actual radio channel, super fan of Manchester United, and most important, <laughs> most important Suffer. of all, and most important of all, <laughs> a Noble Tell Ranger, Nikki Kumar. Ooh. Hello, hello. Welcome, Nikki. How's it going, man? Thank you. Um, man, it's it's uh it's exciting to be here. I think this is my first my first time on Triad. Um, yes, it is. I, I played a support role in uh in the that, live oh, live right? episode on uh that is true. You, celebration you executive but, producer director of our the trailer yeah, for our I wore a yeah. few hats. You know, <laughs> it was yeah, it was great. It was great. All yeah. on the fly. I was very impressed. Uh, I didn't hire you on the spot because I don't have money, but yeah. yeah, otherwise it'd be like, damn, you you're you're the man. No, I mean you you can be surprised when you're when you're just working in a on a phone, right? Yes, it's one of yes. those things. You know, diamonds are forged under pressure, right? You know, you got the you got the small the small phone and just using iMovie and and seeing what magic comes out. So, uh, yeah, no, that was that was a good time, and uh, we miss London dearly, but we, we are miss here London and... dearly. I don't know yeah. if we miss Charlie as much, but at least London, we miss. It. <laughs> oh, I kid, I kid. Yeah. Charlie, we love we love Charlie. We do, we do. He's uh, he's our, our own godzilla of sorts you know in, in of sorts of sorts i don't know yeah. what sorts. he comes to our shores yeah. every now and again it causes a problem <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's but that's all british men if you think about it yeah yeah it's it's Absolutely. a it's, it's a colonial problem and one that we'll discuss in depth uh as we talk about godzilla but before we get started like you said you know this is the first time untried we've been wanting to have you before in the past obviously there was a snafu while we were trying to talk about a certain Beatles song, uh, <laughs> apologies. Uh, fell under the fell under the floorboards. You know, in life, um, Ahsoka. We wanted to have you there too, but then you know, yeah. those those dang strikes happened, and those damn yep. kids with their with their you know billboards asking for more money got in the way. <laughs> Uh, of, of our episodes or <laughs> yeah it's like damn it like, you want you want a livable wage and we want to record a, a podcast that we don't make yeah. any money on we're bored uh, come on <laughs> exactly <laughs> but hey it's never it's never too late and like we're now now we're doing this talking about something completely different to kind of wind down the year but hopefully like in 2024 when star wars ramps up again we can do this again and thematically Absolutely. on the star wars yeah. world but how has how has Star Wars been treating you uh, this year? Are you happy with Star Wars? Um, I am. What what a question! Are you happy with Star Wars? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I am. I am. I am totally. Um, and it and that's not to say it's like the the most flaw you know unflawed thing in the world. It's just it's like you know you when you when you enjoy Star Wars so much and you you develop a relationship with it and it becomes like a relationship with a person and you know a relationship in a person 
can annoy you. It can, you know, you can have your bad days. You can be like, I don't like when you do that thing. Um, but in the end, the same same thing. It, uh, the same relationship will, you know, be inspiring and give you joy, and mm-hmm. and it, and it's always there. It's always there for you. So, so I think yeah, my my relationship with Star Wars is is really good right now, and I loved Ahsoka. I thought, I thought that was like, I was like when I was watching it, I was like, this is this is Star Warsing about mm-hmm. as hard as I've ever seen anything Star Wars. Like it, 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 met, your, it met your expectations. Or did it exceed? It did, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say I'd say even exceeded. I think it was it wasn't it's one of those things where it's like you know the bits and pieces, but but seeing it all come together, um yeah, I think it was it was there's a lot of things like I still can't believe happened. Mm-hmm. Even just little things like the blade of Talzin. I'm like, oh, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is insane. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was great. And I'm trying to think, like, what was the year of Star Wars? We had, uh, I mean, that's, and, season two. and that's interesting that you start phrasing it that way because somehow you think about this year, and when I say you, I mean me. I think about this year, it's like, oh, there hasn't been that much Star Wars. It's only been kind of Ahsoka, and it kind of goes mm-hmm. to show like how much stuff has been going on this year been such a roller coaster yeah. year of so many things that have been happening that it's been yeah. kind of monumental a year for star wars as we had yeah you said visions we have bad batch season two then celebration yeah. we had mando season three which yeah it's true yeah. like big it, it's deal. so far away big deal uh, the, the, the announcement yeah. for all the movies like it's been it's been a wild a wild year phase, phase star three wars. of high republic just, which just is yeah, up. which is going. Are you reading? Yeah. Are you reading the books? Right yeah, now? I finished Eye of Darkness. Um, and that was that was cool. That was a good book. Yeah, um, I'm still uh, two thirds of the way in. So still, still yeah, have, still still have a little no, ways yeah. to go. I really enjoyed it. I thought the last third, the the third ahead of you, like it really floors it into mm-hmm. into the ending. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a blast. Phase three is off to a cool start. Um. And and yeah, it's just it's it's cool to just like soak in it, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I think part of part of what's been good for me, um, as you said, as you mentioned, the strikes like my shows I do, we we all took it off, like took off, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, we didn't want to cover stuff, uh, we didn't want to, you know, not not because we get like monetized, but <laughs> because uh, you know solidarity. And I I'm right. a working ish writer who wants to be in a one of those guilds so i uh didn't want to step on any toes for sure right right um but but yeah i think part of that experience and not having to be plugged in and not having to have a take and not having to you know like in the past i watch an episode of something and i'd be like well that's what we're going to talk about on the episode mm-hmm. and and it was nice to not have that interesting um, mm-hmm. for this year so I think that has really, um, it's really kind of not, not wholesale changed, but it has like altered my relationship more with podcasting and like mm-hmm. fandom. Um, I think that was more affected by the strikes. It's like, it's like Star Wars is always there. Like it's always there mm-hmm. for me. Like I don't, I don't have like a thing where I get mad at it. Like I just, R- yeah. right enjoy it's it just, and it's and just if there it it's click, fun it's like it's fine yeah let's move on to the next yeah thing. i have a good time I have a good time i'll talk about it in private with people what may or may not work or for me 
Um, but no, it, I mean, that's it. It's chill. And, and it's, and then you move on. And, and I think that's what, that was a nice thing. Cause I think when we're in these podcasting spaces, the same sort of things just keep getting churned right. over and over and over again. And you don't quite go through that process of moving on from it and being like, oh yeah, we have life to go live. Right. Like it's not, it's, it's not the most important thing. It's interesting though, because I feel like there was a duality this year of how mm -hmm. we were experienced, especially like us who are like in these podcasting circles and we'd like to talk about it in, 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 in these uh, platforms, right? And we had celebration on the one hand and then we had Ahsoka on the other and, th and those were completely opposite experiences because we're Ahsoka because of necessary, necessarily because of the strikes, the WG and SAG after strikes, we weren't really talking about it actively either on social media or on our podcasting platforms or even amongst each other to an extent, just because of how our circles sometimes uh, function. But then right. Celebration was quite the opposite because we saw like the penultimate, I think it was, episode of Mandel season three there. And obviously we're mm -hmm. in these arenas watching it with hundreds of fans. And then after that, it's talking to each other and the euphoria and all that stuff. So it's like both perspectives is like one being very quiet and personal and at home and yeah. then the the big, you know, uh, yeah, event of Star Wars. And I think it obviously wasn't planned because no one expected the strikes to happen. Well, we, the, strike, the strikes were seen that were going to happen, but no one expected yeah. them to last as long as they did. So the Definitely, impact yeah. that was going to have on, on the Star Wars community was not planned to that extent. So to kind of see both ends of the spectrum was really interesting to then see like how we interact amongst each other and how yeah. Star Wars affects us in both uh, environments, right? Right. It, it was very all or nothing, like you say. <laughs> um, and and yeah, no, I think I think that is also the difference because the celebration side of it is face to face conversation. It's mm -hmm. not just getting on Twitter and probably arguing with somebody, right? Like like you're gonna eventually argue with someone. Um, yeah. And I, so it's like, it's even a, it was even a healthier level of all, you know, mm -hmm, it was, mm -hmm. it was, you, you felt the, you always, you know, anyone who goes to celebration, you, it's, it's like the realest we get to the force, like actually existing. Yes. Because 100%. you feel it, right? Like you feel it in the air in, in celebration, like just the, like, it's, it's very rare to find people at celebration who are either like want to be down on Star Wars or are in a bad mood um, towards Star Wars. Maybe they're in a bad mood because they, you know, didn't get into a panel. But <laughs> but <laughs> but not everybody can be. Mood. Not everyone can be Sean Room and get. Yeah, into, not everyone gets you know no. friends sneaking in bathroom passes. No, no, but um, you know his backpack disappeared. So I guess karma. I mean, when you're an apostate, things happen. It happens, um, but, you know. <laughs> But, but yeah, no, there's, there's that, the, you know, that energy at celebration is just so much healthier when you're like, this is, this is it like this, like what happens on Twitter is not it. Let me just tell you, no, like that is not it. What happens in person with your friends, with new friends, the, you know, the, the panels, the excitement, the, you know, actors on the live stage, like that is, mm -hmm. that is it. Um, and so I think yeah, it obviously it's hard to go to celebration for everyone. Like it's not something everyone can just go do. I mm. do hope for any Star Wars fan that they do eventually have it. 
a celebration to go to because it really does change your outlook. At least it did for me. It changes your outlook on on what being a fan is for Star Wars. It does, 100%. I mean, London was my fourth celebration. Mm-hmm. And each one just gets incrementally better because as much as you open yourself up to what that experience can be is what you get from it. It's kind of like, right. since like I'm in a Beatles trip lately, it's kind of like uh, Paul McCartney says in the end, right? It's like the love you take is equal to the love you make type of thing. It's like the more you're open yourself up to what mm-hmm. celebration can be, the more you're more, more fulfilling that experience can be. So. Well, you know what the Star Wars version of that is, right? What? Tell it's, everybody. It is. It is. What's in there? Only what you take with you. Damn. You know, it's, you're absolutely right. That's what it's about. Yep. Again, it's like if you want to go be mad, <laughs> like you're, you're gonna, gonna take that really and you're gonna find anger, <laughs> right? Yep. You're gonna find it. And if you go in seeking a good time, relaxed, ready to have fun, like you just gotta go there. to the Nova Town. That's uh, that's what exactly, you exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's it's all those things. It's you know, it's it's the cave. It's focus focus determining reality. Like it's mm-hmm. all those little nuggets. Um, it is, as you said, uh, you know, the Beatles line. Uh, it's that too, because it is all the same message. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a magical thing. And yeah. so, yeah, I I do hope uh, anybody who has yet to go can go because it is it is a blast. Here's to hoping Japan, Tokyo celebration. Yep, we're able to plan it because that's gonna be that's gonna be a wild one. Yeah, Especially yeah. if if everyone gets to like plan it and we get there's a there's a good squad is gonna be in, like like in, I can't even imagine like how great that that'll be. Yeah, everyone in, in my head I'm already like planning to go like two weeks early. Yeah, <laughs> just like touristing the crap out of Japan. Yeah, I'm not sure what's gonna like be more efficient before or after because like do I want to. Like, because you walk so much in the convention that you want to like murder your feet before, and then just not be able to really do the tourist yeah. thing. Or, but I mean, but when you're a tourist and you're also walking a lot, so it's just like I don't know. It's a ultimately, I think yeah. either option is great. And if you're going to go to a different country, you might as well make it a vacation. Because I think it would be very sad, at least for me, <laughs> if I go all the way around the world to go to Japan and not see japan and just see a convention center exactly i would not be it's, great. it's not an easy trip for us right no, no, in no, the no. in the way that london's not an easy trip but it is you know it's six, easier six, about right. six and a half hours from from chicago or we, we both flew out of exactly um, so it's like it's not awful and and even just for me like i lived in london for a year mm-hmm. going back was it almost felt like a business trip going back like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was so economic like we're like in out by <laughs> so like that's not usually how I spend time in England mm-hmm. and um and so yeah for Japan I'm like I definitely don't want to do that I yeah. like I need I need vacation I need to go see the things I need to go to the Godzilla museum um interesting segue yeah. interesting segue because we've been talking Godzilla's about... having a moment <laughs> it, uh, the I saw a meme saying that it's the hardest working uh, actor in Hollywood and, yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's a good time as any to like pivot because you know we're talking about uh, Japan we're talking about big franchises and it's interesting to talk about these big franchises because Star Wars, uh, you know 
massive franchise and then this was supposed to be the summer of the blockbuster we were supposed to have mission yeah. impossible that was supposed to do very very well we were, indiana jones was supposed to also crush it and it didn't so we've been seeing like all of these big franchise franchises kind of flounder so to speak mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like these japanese ones flourish because obviously the one we're going to talk about godzilla minus one has been doing numbers at the box office it's being very well received crit- critically and then not only that but we have the new miyazaki film the boy and the heron which mm-hmm. also doing extremely well like i watched it yesterday at the alamo and it was completely packed like it was hard to like get a seat for that so yeah. it's interesting to see that the film's that we weren't really expecting that we're going to do like these big numbers or be necessarily well received are quite interestingly beating right the the machine beating the mouse and being like really cultural moments right so before we get into Godzilla Godzilla proper like how does what does that tell you about the state of film right now where you know these big tentpole franchises are collapsing for lack of a better word <laughs> yeah. and these and these smaller films like again the boy and the heron godzilla minus one yeah. are doing extremely well what does that say to you i think it shows how powerful word of mouth is mm-hmm. um because like again you you look at all those movies indiana jones i loved indiana jones same mm-hmm. Um, Mission Impossible. I love Mission Impossible. Um, I was saying the Mission Impossible movie was like an ACDC album. It's exactly yeah. the same as yeah. all the other ones, but it rocks. And yeah, it's the I, same it's, album, yeah, but gonna, it rocks. <laughs> you're you're enjoying it, right? Like exactly, and it's it's good. Um, and you kind of it has that anticipation of of what's you know what's Tom Cruise gonna try mm-hmm. and kill him kill himself doing. Um, right, that's the last but, one. But yeah, <laughs> but uh. But yeah, it's it's so I think it has to do I think you know, getting into the weeds a little, I think Mission Impossible got cut by Barbie and mm-hmm. um Oppenheimer. The the, the great Barbenheimer. Um where, where all the money did go mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh I think that was a tough thing to lead into. Um so so it's one of those things where yeah, I don't I I don't have a comment on the quality of the movie because mm-hmm. I pretty much enjoyed everything I saw this year but mm-hmm. um but I think word of mouth is is kind of like the the thing now which mm-hmm. is interesting because it's like oh even if even if you loved like you and I we both enjoyed Indiana Jones mm-hmm. there's enough talk where you know even even if just somebody's like oh I didn't like it like that'll make somebody on the fence just not go Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or they'll be like, "Oh, Harrison Ford's so old. I don't want to go see that." You know, it's like all these just little things add up. Um, Mission Impossible, I think, yeah, had more to do with uh with the Barbenheimer and the, and it's you know it, their up, own yeah. their own IMAX runs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with Godzilla and Boy and the Heron, I think you saw them start small mm-hmm. and through again word of mouth and people being like oh my god this is incredible like go see it um you you saw people more interested in going um a lot of blockbusters got pushed out of december because of the strikes mm-hmm. um like a lot of things just shifted further down i think dune 2 was supposed to be like end of november or october or something um 
Why did I say Dune 2? That sounds stupid. Dune part two. Dune, Dune, the, Dune the second. <laughs> yes. Like Dune 2. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like uh, I think, you know, it cleared some space. And then these mm-hmm. smaller movies, you know, this from this beautiful nation of Japan that mm-hmm, has decided mm-hmm. to, you know, go full-on attack on our film industry. Mm-hmm. Um it like they started small again and people said this is cool they're getting great reviews great scores whatever if you look into numbers um and and because of that they've grown and you keep seeing on the godzilla social media it's like we're adding you know like eight thousand theaters next weekend and and i think boy in the heron was similar in that it started in a few places and then wider release and um the the dub cast is is loaded so Mm -hmm. like if you're if you're somebody who's like, eh, I'm not sure, you know, this kind of Japanese animation, I'm not not sure what that is. But then you see there's a, oh, there's a dubbed version and... And it has like, a Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Luke Skywalker himself is there and mm-hmm. and Christian Bale and uh, Robert Pattinson and Florence Pugh and, you know, like, there's just names everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also an encouraging thing for people. Like, oh, you know, if they're you know those are people i i enjoy the work of so you know we can go there and and yeah it's just it's it's really like proven to be quite powerful and mm-hmm. and obviously it helps when they're amazing films um but but like we've seen a lot of amazing films not make money mm-hmm. um so so yeah it's just there's a lot of like just interesting factors that have made this year like pan out into what it was and and again it's like people People forget that Barbie and Oppenheimer, yes, had their runs in the strike, but they had they also had their premieres right before the strike. Mm-hmm. So we did get that machine moving. We um, got we got that uh, uh, video of like when the uh, strike started that like all the actors had to leave uh, yeah, the premiere yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I totally yeah, forgot and, that and they like they got that. We like Margot Robbie did her show up as a barbie um at every event like her outfit was inspired by you know mm-hmm. sort of a, a a classic barbie um and like you can't ignore that that doesn't you know work on on people to build excitement and anticipation and and stuff so mm-hmm. so we, yeah we can't forget yes they did have the majority of their run if not all of it in a strike setting but they also aren't like disproving the theory because they they did have their build up um mm-hmm. where something like you know the marvels especially well, a lot of the talk is around that movie like they didn't have any of it and it was already an uphill battle so right so yeah i, I, I it's think just... it's it's interesting that you frame it that way because i i agree 100 percent uh but, but it's a multifaceted thing right and i yeah. think barbenheimer is kind of an exception to everything else because it's such a it was such a cultural zeitgeist right it, it was a meme it was like the yeah. unlikely pairing of these two opposite things that it kind of took a life on its own and the fact that then both movies happen to be great it's just a sherry on top right so it's like these two right kind of like op- opposite films that uh, somehow coexist and somehow are also very very good made like everything stand out amongst the rest because as you were saying personally I loved Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny. Mm. I thought Mission Impossible was good. The Marvels I thought was a lot of fun. But I think a lot of people, especially like with how expensive movie theaters are like nowadays, let's be honest, 
I think people want to be won over, right? And yeah. they want to be like, okay, well, is this going to be worth my time? Especially like families where you have to buy X amount of tickets. It's like, okay, is this going to be like a spectacle or like a, a, a moment for me to go to the movies? And I think there's a lot of cynicism and, and, and exhaustion too about like what movies you're quote unquote supposed to see because yeah. again, not, this is not talking about the quality of the film, but big, the big studios and with all these like tentpole franchises, they're like the, the big banks, right? They're too big to fail. It's like, well, this franchise is never going to bomb. Indiana Jones is never going to bomb. Marvel's never going to bomb. And like, people are just like, dude, like, like, I, like, why should I go? It's like, why should I go and invest my time there on something that maybe I've already seen or like, you're not really enticing it to be like this fun thing that I should be watching. And that's yeah. something that Barbenheimer provided. I think that's something that like these movies that we're talking about are providing as well. It's just like something fresh, something that's creative, something that's, you know, making people excited because it's something that they haven't really experienced before or haven't really experienced in a, as, as in a big way in this in the way that we're kind of experiencing these films because in the the years that i've been going to the movies i don't remember a major release of a japanese godzilla movie or of a miyazaki film i've always like been aware of those movies as like you know they're they're on tv or it's just a dvd that's like in blockbuster or something like that yeah like these big uh, cinematic releases of these films is something that i don't remember in recent history so yeah no that's true um, yeah, I think, I think another thing that sort of, it, it sits over all of it is making movies is too expensive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in it being so expensive, it means the pressure on every movie, mm -hmm. whether it deserves it or not, is you have to, you have to end game this, yeah. right? Like, and if you're not doing those numbers, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And like so, and that is the conversation that's been created because we don't have movies made at a medium level budget that can bring in a medium level box office. Well, A twenty four has been able to do that, like like dream scenarios yeah. and like a, like a, like basically every single A twenty four movie yeah. knocks it out of the but park. The, but the big guys, mm -hmm. they they killed that the middle movie as it's and called. They, and they used to have those films like oh, uh, yeah. uh, mid 2000s like there was like a bunch of right, like, dude, your, like your touchstone the, pictures the, the fake the fake indies you know that were just yeah. like major major studios yeah. is doing like I mid budget films that's the one that I think of the most Touch, touchstone was the the 40 million dollar movies mm -hmm. like that's what it's about I mean that's why Knives Out was such a great throwback because it was like like a 40 million dollar movie and it made a crap done out outside of that well but then so, netflix comes and kind of fumbles it because glass onion as great as it was netflix didn't push it wasn't yeah. in theaters for that long i mean i saw it in theaters and i loved it but yeah after that like netflix just like buried it okay it's like okay it's out next thing and that's yeah. no, think... exactly because it, it became part of the pipeline yep and yep. and that's that's what they care about again it's like we've saw it through the strikes we see it now um for whatever reason the people in charge of making movies kind of hate movies <laughs> they like, well I, I wouldn't say necessarily that they hate them they just don't care about them it's, well, just, it's just like i mean they call why, them content why, for god's sakes you know yeah it's like why are you why are they so like apathetic towards like the the craft of it um i mean you see bob Iger, who's mm. like um you he's know, become Iger. the very the, he's become the very thing he swore to destroy exactly you know emperor <laughs> Iger. he mm -hmm. he looks at or his, his like quote that went around where he's like 
you know, our, our, our filmmakers have lost, lost track of, you know, what they're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. which is entertaining and, well, which... and, good, and messages aren't, you know, messages can be okay, but that's not the job. In a way, it's like it is the job, Bob. It is the job. In a way, that's an it's an evolution. (laughs) I think I think this is something Michael Eisner said. Michael Uh, Eisner said something very similar. I don't know if it was like late nineties or early two thousand. He said we're under no obligation to make art. Like our job is to you know, obviously paraphrasing. Uh, Our bottom line is to make uh, money for shareholders, and if in the process of doing that we happen to make art, then that's even better. Which is kind of telling about the perspective that all these people coming into these well not these people these executives coming into like these films eh, come to it it's just like it's a commodity it's not they want it's to not make art. rides they want to make rides goose and that's like, fine I, too but like you can again a ride is I, a ride a movie is a movie mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. but they're not the same they're not so, they're not there's, there's, yeah, there's so don't don't coexist. act like <laughs> no of course you you can enjoy them for what they are but mm-hmm. you know you can't have a movie and say this is pure entertainment mm-hmm. because pure entertainment is rise of the resistance <laughs> like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even that has a bit of a story but it's also like it's like no like again i i say this with writer brain it's like you don't write a movie to say nothing mm-hmm like that's that's not the job. That is the opposite of the job, Bob. It's like, in, it's inherently impossible to kind yeah. of say to not say something. You, Again, you will say like something you, by the you nature make of it. Splash Mountain. That's what you're talking about, Bob. <laughs> that is pure entertainment. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> or Space mm-hmm. Mountain or whatever. Pick a ride. Um, and it's that's not a movie's job. So so yeah, no, it's just that like divorced from reality and this inflated inflated budgets and you have Mm. to make this money and you have to do this and if you're not we're doing something wrong they're doing something wrong the fans hate what we're doing it's like that's probably not the case Mm -hmm. and and like again i like i guarantee the marvels is going to be one of those movies that goes on disney plus and people are going to watch and be like that's pretty cool yeah 100 like like that's what it's going to be that's what happened to solo when it went on netflix because you had all these people who Again, word of mouth, being as powerful as it as it is, they're just like, eh, I didn't. I heard it was bad. I heard, I heard, I heard the Han Solo actor needed lessons, you know, like mm-hmm. so. So I didn't go see it. Um, and then they saw it on Netflix and like, oh, that was that was good. That was a fun movie. Um, so yeah, now it's just the the system is very. I want to say sick, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that implies mm-hmm. that it can get better. Exactly. And it's it's a cycle, I think. Like yeah. right, right now, it's kind of kind of shake it off a little. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's a it's a genuine shake off. It's probably a, a cynical one, but yeah, I think with the writers coming back and the actors coming back, there's going to be some correction of. We just have things. to hope. Yeah, we just have to hope the right lessons are learned. Um, well, we know that. Which doesn't never tend the to case. happen, right? <laughs> it doesn't tend to happen. But you it's know, like the, the great Barbie thing of like, right? You know, oh, we should make more movies about toys. Like, no, no, it's like no, no one, no, no one wants Pippi Longstocking or whatever the hell yeah. the next one is. Yeah. Uh, but speaking, speaking of word of mouth, and now going uh, specifically into like Godzilla minus one, yeah. which uh, I, I I thought was great. Like, what was like your entry point into this movie? Because for like for me personally, I have never seen any of the Japanese Godzilla movies. My mm-hmm. entry point into Godzilla was 1998 
Godzilla starring, yeah, starring buddy. Matthew Broderick. And what? I'm not going to lie, it was one of my favorite movies ever because I had the Absolute. giant Godzilla toy. I had yeah. the cassette with the soundtrack because there was the Green Day Brains 2 song. I thought it was the greatest song of all time. What was the, the P. Diddy one with the, the uh, with, Cashmere with sample? With Cashmere, yeah. yep. Uh, well, P. Diddy, oh, let's not talk about him uh, nowadays. <laughs> But, he, uh, he was Puff Daddy at the how, time. How times have changed since the Indeed. 90s. But uh, yeah, that was the Godzilla that I grew up with. And, um, you know, clearly not at all inspired by the Japanese one. Once you kind of start looking at what the original kaiju films uh, were doing. So then I saw Gareth Edwards' Godzilla, which I thought was really good. Godzilla versus Kong, which I thought was a lot of fun. So never delve into Japanese ones uh, for yeah. some odd reason. I don't know why. But then this one's marketing kind of caught my attention in a way that kind of shocks me even even now because I'm like, hey, why was I somehow interested in that one when I haven't been interested in Godzilla, Godzilla films previously? Uh, so what was it about this? I mean, what, that, did you have a similar experience or have you oh, actually yeah. been watching Godzilla no, before? Yeah. The, the 1998 movie was was an absolute jam like <laughs> and, like i had t-shirts i had i remember also i had i had a big godzilla i don't yeah, remember, same, no, if it's same. the same one is it the one where like you could put the the action figure in its mouth and like slide it through the back uh, or something? I, I, I don't think i had that i think mine maybe i'm like maybe i'm just misremembering but i think mine was kind of like mechanical and like i, I could like control oh, okay. it. Like, i don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to do a google so, search now to this is, this see is which, the great... which toy i had the great experience of '90s kids is we got to go find the toys. But I, like, but but it was great. I love yeah. that one. It was so good. No, it's 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 one of those ones where it's like that is pure for me, like guilty pleasure mm-hmm. film because it's like yeah. it's Independence you know, Day, but with with yeah. a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Basically. We know acting is not great. It's not dialogue, not great. Writing, not great. Whatever. It's just kind of like a blast to watch for for every good and bad reason. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. No, that was that was definitely my entry point. I think I have probably ventured a little further <laughs> than mm-hmm. uh, than what you were saying. Um, <laughs> good. Like you know, like I've seen I've seen some of the Japanese ones. I've um, but I, I of course more in my mind I have the like you said Gareth Edwards the the second one King of the Monsters mm-hmm. um, Godzilla and Kong this, this new Godzilla and Kong coming out. It looks um, great. Looks the, ex- yeah, like, the as monarch, stupid as I want. Yeah. Monarch TV show um is is currently ongoing. And so so definitely like the US side of Godzilla is is really like moving its gears. Mm-hmm. Um but I've always been sort of like on the lookout. I remember when Shin Godzilla came out and mm-hmm. I've heard really good things. 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and to your point I don't really think I had anywhere to go see it. Um, like it was just there; it was happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe in like New York and LA, they were showing it. Um, but but the, with this one, it it did seem to have this like this sort of more um, accessible type thing going mm-hmm. on. Like it's like I like again. I looked on the Draft House app, and I was like, oh, that's playing today. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So yeah, I've always been on the lookout for it. I, I love, I've always loved the loved Godzilla as you know, as a entity since since ninety eight. The, so an, the animated uh, series, yeah, you know, from the from the film, yeah, exactly, yeah. Deal. 
Um, so, so yeah, I'm always on the lookout. I'm always, you know, pretty excited for it. But I think on the on that side, it's one of those things where I remember just trying to talk with people about. I think it was King of the Monsters, <laughs> and I was like, I just, I like, I just don't. It's like looking at it is just not and was not enough for me. <laughs> um, right. And I, and I was like, at the time, I wasn't sure how to like explain that. And and one of my friends was like, "Yeah, but you don't you don't do that. Like you don't watch it for the people. Like you watch it to watch the monsters go." And I was like, "I guess." And then Godzilla minus one mm-hmm. rewrote that. took that yeah. argument and atomic breathed it because it Very did what so. yep. it did what Godzilla is about. Godzilla is so antithetical to just shut up and watch the monsters Mm -hmm. and so like godzilla is about themes and metaphors and and you know the humanity of it and Mm -hmm. and so to have godzilla minus one in a you know more modern filmmaking go right back to the godzilla roots right um right i think was so powerful and i think that that is what like it's that's basically it when i was like why don't I like King of the Monsters? Because I was waiting for Godzilla minus one, mm-hmm. like essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was deep. I like that. But it's it's, it's it's you're you're absolutely right, and it's something that you read right and and feel to an extent when you watch like the American Godzilla movies. It's just that the set like the human characters like don't contribute really anything to the story, or that they're not uh, compelling enough, or that the monster that it's it's a rock and sock and robots type of movie yeah. which is fine too like I, I you know i love me some uh oh my god uh what's the pacific rim you know that's rock and oh. sock and it's a lot of fun you know yeah uh, but it knows what it's doing and i think the american godzilla films have always been confused because it's like okay how do we take this icon of japanese cinema that does these thematic things as Godzilla is a theme it's not a character so to speak mm-hmm. and inject him into like an American narrative and into a western narrative and it hasn't particularly translated well I don't think because what Godzilla stands for for these characters isn't what it you know it doesn't really affect what western audiences stand for to an extent so that's why I feel like some think that the characters in those films don't really connect with the conflict of Godzilla because it's a conflict that's kind of detached to what they're supposed to be in conflict with if that yeah. makes sense no yeah yeah totally they're 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 secondary in the US one mm-hmm. um and and like it's it's so the opposite with this one mm-hmm. um like the the humans are are everything and mm-hmm. and yeah it's like you have the you have the you know especially in the these sort of um it's a legendary pictures the one they're making it um the Godzilla film yeah yeah I think it's them so I, I just want to attribute properly yeah, before, give I, before I tell them their movie sucks uh, <laughs> but but no it's like uh it's it's just I don't like using this word because I don't want it to imply that you shouldn't watch it because by all means have, I have a good time watching those too mm-hmm. um but they come out shallow yeah like and it's one of those things where it's like it's it's unfortunate because Again, back to the roots, Godzilla is one of the furthest things from shallow. Like mm-hmm. and that's why it that's why I mean, it is the classic. He, he literally comes from the depths, so he can't oh, be yeah. shallow. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And um Sorry, and like again, like 
<laughs> why is why is Godzilla in the Criterion Collection? Like these, mm-hmm. that whole like organization makes their like their whole thing is kind of like the this is the power of cinema, mm-hmm. and we're gonna put it in a collection. We're gonna make really nice blu-rays for you and all the boxes are going to line up and be numbered it'll be beautiful um i actually do have the godzilla criterion uh, so but yeah um <laughs> it's like why is that in there because godzilla versus kong is not it's not going in there <laughs> <And> <laughs> you never know what's going to happen in 20 years i will i will bet any amount of money that it won't um, i would probably bet with you yeah. as well but hey it's but yeah, no, things have happened i do know your point yeah um but it's like yeah the the original said something mm-hmm. and it had a lot to say about um you know post-war japan the trauma of of the war of the bombing um mm-hmm. you know it's it's all there and and again and to sort of like now culturally reduce it down to just this slugfest of like i mean the new one again it, it's like glorious stupidity it, it's it's like the most beautiful thing to look at mm-hmm. but it's it's so silly compared to it because it's like godzilla with purple eyes and like kong wearing the infinity gauntlet oh like, yeah and yeah, it's just awesome, like what though. is going on <laughs> <laughs> like it's just again i will watch that movie and enjoy it for what it's supposed to be but but when you again you look at what godzilla minus one accomplished mm-hmm. by really even doing the opposite and like what i love so much about godzilla itself in that movie is he looks or I don't know what its gender is, but I don't want to miss it's, it's, it's a lizard, so <laughs> let's assume it's like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, and oh yeah, they can, they can life find a way. It yes. Um, until further information, I refer to Godzilla as a he. But um, <laughs> when the way he is done in Godzilla minus one, it's he looks stunning in mm-hmm. a way that a modern movie does. But they also at the same time made him throwback because mm-hmm. he moves like the old one right? right like and so it's got this like thing of like part of the power is how it's not the ultimate cgi that these ones mm-hmm. are um and and yeah no it's just it's just so different and it is fun that we can say here's the godzilla buffet you can have this 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it it is like it's so different to like what what we're churning up on the side of the Pacific. <laughs> it's 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 wild because um the tonal difference it's 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 staggering because you watch the American ones and again like that's my frame of reference so far for Godzilla and even even the Gareth Edwards like that uh you know canon of films because I think all of those yeah. are all those three are connected uh, which they're taken seriously as com- compared mm. to Godzilla 98 anyway and yeah. Godzilla is not really like a monster in the sense that he's something that's terrifying everybody. It, it's mm. a, it's a, it's kind of a superhero movie to an extent. He's just a, he's a, it's something that you enjoy watching. Yeah, uh, rampage, right? It's, even even in terms of plot, they're like he's he maintain he's protecting us. Right, right. He's he's maintaining the ecosystem from the monsters, there's, the bad monsters. There's right? something very 
interesting in that framing, especially when compared to minus one, because the scene that kind of sealed the deal for me is very early on in the movie when uh, uh, Koichi, you know, he lands his plane uh, in that island to fake that, you know, the planes run down, whatever. They're spending the night. And that moment when Godzilla shows up and just mm -hmm. lays waste to the island with like ferocity, it's like terrifying. Like I was honestly like scared. It's a baby theater. Godzilla at that point. Right. Yeah. And like I had never seen up until this point Godzilla presented in that way. Then I'm like, oh crap, now I get it. Now I can mm -hmm. understand why he's a threat and why people are afraid of him. It's because he's an indiscriminate force that will destroy anything. Like he's, he's exactly not, he's not a protector. He's not he's a force of nature, a force of hubris that will lay siege to anything unless you take a stand against it. And in that sense, like he creates that them like thematic and moral quandary that Koichi has to confront because he's like ultimate death where Koichi is afraid to stand up to death or is unafraid or is afraid to live as well. So yeah. it, it, it was really interesting just that one scene, how in that short amount of time, it reframed what Godzilla kind of meant to me to that extent. Yeah, everything, totally. everything after that is just like the, that re-emphasizing, right? What it, Godzilla means not just to Koichi or to us as audiences, but to Japan, to history. It's 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 very interesting how it's used as a as as a metaphor in such a powerful way, in a way that the Western Godzillas kind of don't even attempt to. Yeah. yeah, when you say it, they, like, don't, they don't, they don't represent anything. It's like, like yeah, it's uh, even even the like protector thing. Like uh, there's. I don't even know if there's a theme behind it. it I think fight. they just, yeah, I think that's a theme. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's like, yeah, we made that the plot point so you don't hate him. Um, and that's kind of it. Well, um, correct me if I'm wrong. In the Gareth Edwards one, is Godzilla created from like human radiation? Or is he just like a beast that exists in I the depths? No, yeah, that's right. Because the um, in that universe, because it does connect to Godzilla versus Kong and all that. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's like existed like for freaking forever. And they have that in the, <laughs> the King of the Monsters, they have that like underwater Atlantis where Ken Watanabe gotcha. nukes himself to reach out to Godzilla, right? So like, yeah, he's been around like for, for like millennia and he isn't this like... Which kind of um, makes it better to an extent because I was going to say that if he had actually been created from human radiation, you know, from nuclear bombs and stuff. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. treat him like, ah, but he's our protector. It's kind of like totally missing the point yeah. of what, yeah, no. you know, nuclear war means and how exactly. it comes to bite us in the ass. But at least they're like, let's eat, let's ignore that completely. Let's not even focus on that part of him. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what, um, that's what these come again. This is Bob Iger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We don't want the messages. It gives the entertainment. Like it is, secondary to debate again i don't want to because i do believe like directors and writers don't think like that mm -hmm. but it is it is the suits who sign the checks and a lot of the times tell you what you are making mm -hmm. um so so yeah no i mean it, that's that's what it is it's like those those movies have so little to say mm -hmm. of substance and like that is by design they and again i still like them for what they are but it's like you can't you can't even like compare the depth of them <laughs> to this mm -hmm. um and and it's like what what also makes this one so special is yes like again a it is made by japanese 
filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, like they have, they have things to say and to turn, like, essentially it is a remake. Like mm-hmm. functionally, it is a remake of OG Godzilla. Um, in that, you know, it's, it's the origin point of, mm-hmm. the, of the story. The minus one thing is, I, I don't even know if I can explain why it's called minus one. I had to, I looked, I had to look it up yeah. and I was just like, okay, I get it. It's just, I it's so it. Japanese. Like they, right. they just name things cool. Like if this was in America, this would be like rise of Godzilla. Um, you know, it, it just be like some boring generic yeah. title. Um, but, but yeah, like, so to, to <laughs> essentially make the first one again, but with decades and decades of new perspective mm-hmm. and, telling the same messages more or less but I, like i was i loved the angle of like what 70 plus years of reflection on japanese war strategy in world war ii mm-hmm. and then being able to critique it mm-hmm. and and say like like what were we doing we, we valued life so little mm-hmm. and and to make that key in a godzilla movie like it's just it's so it's again it's it's exactly like what you would want out of mm-hmm. these like big kaiju movies um it's like yeah like tell me something real mm-hmm. and and we use again the metaphors and we use the spectacle and we use all of that to inform um the humanity of it right. and and you know it's like so we have this message on the the human side this you know the we're you know part of it's like we're civilians we got to work together do it ourselves Mm -hmm. we got to live we got to fight for life Mm -hmm. um you know we don't we don't throw life away and like that's why i love that the boat they sacrificed is is empty Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. they don't throw life away and and then to have godzilla be this just lumbering you know nuke like she's a nuke right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and he doesn't care and he will you know just tear through everything and and it's like again it's like these you use that spectacle to show these metaphors and messages and and it's just it's just a really like stunning thing like i Mm. i remember like i was watching i was like yes i know the japanese making a godzilla movie is taken in a different direction than the way u.s studios make a godzilla movie but i don't think i was expecting this and mm-hmm. I don't think I'm alone either. That's why it's making so much money. And I mean, like... I, I agree. And it's and another part of it that I think is very interesting. It's not just like how thematically it's so different and how it approaches its 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 themes. You know, that's redundant to say it that way. But uh, in, in the way that it has, but also how unapologetically anti-Western it is. Because I feel, mm-hmm. especially like nowadays, you saw it in Loki. You've seen it like in... In a, in a bunch of films or like it has to like for the hero to be heroic and for the hero to succeed he has to be tragic you know it's one of those things that like the hero can't be happy there's this sense of like martyrdom and in western media that and i guess exhausting after a while because it's yeah. like like why do why can't we find joy in the stories that are supposed to uplift us right and godzilla in that sense is very unapologetic right because when, uh, when when Noriko is like blown the hell away uh, <laughs> in the midpoint of the movie, I'm like, well, th- this chick's toast, you know? There's no way yeah. that she can possibly survive uh, Godzilla's atomic breath or whatever the hell happened there. And mm-hmm. then when she shows up at the end, it's just like, damn, like, 
that is cheesy. That is some love actually thing that I never saw coming. But I'm glad for it because, like, you know, after you see like all this death and destruction and like everyone's so hopeful, you kind of want that payoff of being like, yeah, it was worth it. And yeah, there is there is happiness is. and there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and all that thing. I mean, obviously, there's a setup for the sequel where she's got, you know, the radiation stuff on her neck and whatever. But at least to culminate this arc of this movie, boom, happy ending. And I think that's kind yeah. of weird I, to see in a movie nowadays. I think even the that itself is playing on another theme of with the radiation sickness it's like it's another theme of the bomb it is yeah we survived it but there's lasting damage mm -hmm, mm -hmm. also and and it's like i think i think it was a an interesting choice again it's like you want you want it to be perfect but it's not mm -hmm. um and it is an interesting choice it's a bittersweet twist i think or like that's how i took it when i first saw it and this idea that you know if she if she did survive but she's you know, she's still hurt. And, you know, it's up to, I guess, the viewer to decide what <laughs> what her future is. Um, you can have a more, you can have your Inception style optimistic or pessimistic outlook on what happens to her. But but I think it's an important point of, um, again, this, when you're, when you're sort of telling this film of metaphors about nuclear, nuclear bombing, um, it's like yeah you you may have survived but mm -hmm. there's still there's still so much um suffering that you know mm -hmm. we don't even fully understand so so it's like yeah i think um i think it's it's just again another clever way to really hammer down all these you know these themes um of what that experience was for for like japanese culture japanese mm -hmm. society um, because yeah, it's it's lasting damage, and it's and in in a way, well, you were saying that it just kind of just popped into my head, and it, and it, and it's great that we got this movie about that specific point of Japanese history, telling this story in Godzilla, right, and coming out right now when it comes out, because in a way, it's kind of a bookend to Oppenheimer in some yeah. way, because people quite were saying, the double feature. People, yes, people were saying like, where's the Japanese perspective on on the bomb in this movie? And I'm like, well. Godzilla minus one. There you go. Like here's yeah. the the white man made Western film about Oppenheimer making the bomb, and here's the Japanese version of what happened after yeah. the bomb. So in, in a way, like that's that's yeah, that's a double. Feed. That's a grindhouse film right there. It really you, yeah. you got both of them together, and I think that's good because it's like I that, that may be people's critique of it, but I didn't think personally or, or expect that from Oppenheimer. Mm. Um, I think it would have been insensitive to an extent if, like, yeah, it's one like of those Chris things where like, don't don't speak for people, right? right. Like, um, I think there's a there's a knee jerk response of like, yeah, where where is it? But also, mm -hmm. you don't want to misrepresent it. Um, so I think I think that was for that film the smart choice to mm -hmm. focus on him, and it does not shy away from the horror of it mm -hmm. because there's that little chunk where it turns into a horror movie, yeah, and it's. And that's that. That's like the moment where I'm like, oh yeah, Chris. He knows for Nolan's elite. Like he, knows he is. He knows what's up. He is. He is an elite filmmaker. Um, but so like I did think that was, again, probably the right choice. And then that does create this crazy thing where, 
yeah, now Godzilla minus one can be this companion piece mm-hmm. to you know, two sides of a of a world event. Unexpectedly, um, yeah. Sure. Who would have thought? And, and Criterion we're collections. Off, are we're better off for two. it. Yeah, yeah. We are we are better off for it because yeah, those those are just two really powerful movies about um, different but similar things. Yeah. Totally agree. And I mean, and it's one of those things where we can be talking about forever because there's so much to dissect and to analyze from Godzilla minus one that we could be here forever, but we don't have all the time in the world. But, you know, before we sign off, I think it's important to, you know, this is Star Wars podcast. So we need to kind of see like how other media can cross pollinate into Star Wars. And obviously we've seen Kaiju before in Star Wars and the Zillow beast is the perfect example. Maybe the only one, um, I, I've seen some people say the Bendu is a kaiju, but I would respectfully disagree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but do you think that uh, the, the Zillow Beast was a good approximation of the Godzilla mythos? Or do you think that Star Wars still has uh, something extra that it could learn from, from Godzilla? Specifically, I Godzilla think, minus one. I think there can always be something to learn. So I won't say no on that point. Um, but... I do think the the Zillow Beast has it definitely like exhibited more of what we're talking about with this film than we are with mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong, right? Like, like <laughs> true, true. I like I do actually believe the Zillow Beast episodes like say a lot yeah. about about societies and power and abusing power and and all the you know the great um, Star Wars sort of um, thematic archetypes that we all know, you know, nature versus machine Mm -hmm. and and you know all this stuff and and um so yeah it's like i think those those little episodes did do a great job in in moving a needle of not just putting a monster in for the heck of it um and and saying something with it um so i yeah i think i think every filmmaker can learn something from this film so I, i would definitely like encourage anyone um to be you know you know, be aware of what's so powerful about this film because it's, you know, it's all there. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you did, you did good with the Zillow Beast, guys. You did good. Um, the only and, thing I and wonder, one... and I don't know if this was answered, why didn't yeah. Palpatine make clone trooper armor with this little beast? Uh, well, armor? you know, I'll ask, well, he, we'll ask it's, it's, it's the great thing of a, uh, um, it's it's the tie defender mm-hmm. issue as well, right? Maybe. Let me see. So all the money went to the Death Star. <laughs> okay, I'll, sure, I'll buy that. We'll take uh, that for now. But sorry, um, I cut you off. You were gonna say something else. No, I mean this is sort of a separate point I was I was gonna make because I did want to get this in um, again to tie it to Star Wars. The day I saw Godzilla minus one, I, you know, as, as we do when we're because we're That's mostly miserable people, we we <laughs> scroll through Twitter. Um, yes. and I saw, uh, Takashi Yamazaki, the director mm-hmm. and writer yep. shoot his shot for Lucasfilm. And I, and I was so hyped after Go seeing for this it. Movie. Yep. Yeah. I was like, give it, give this man a shot. Um, because I, yeah, I think, I think everything he exhibited as a filmmaker in this film, it's, it's exactly the kind of thing that Star Wars would benefit from. Mm-hmm. So, so Yeah. Those conversations should happen, and they probably are, because that's how this industry works. You, you know, you you light fire on something, and people start talking. So, all the all the myself, yeah, yeah, all the all the luck 
um, that can be wished towards him for a, a good meeting with Lucasfilm. Okay, with Kathy. Yeah, I, I, I want to send it. Um, so, so yeah, that's that. I think is a a cool sort of possible Star Wars future for you know connecting point uh, for this movie. Um, we may have the filmmaker hang out in a galaxy far, far away, and and that would be great. And I don't want it to be. I don't want the 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 automatic answer people are going to be like, oh, he's going to make a Zillow Beast movie. <laughs> it's just like, nah, just, just stop. It's stop a, it. a Zillow Beast cameo in the back. Of yeah. The like, there, there, just, there's your Zillow Beast. Just calm down. People people can make anything right. they want. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to uh, uh, put him in a little box. Just yeah. let, the, let the, let the man tell the story that he wants. To yeah. Tell. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'd be so thrilled uh, because yeah, again, it's, um, to to make a a movie of such spectacle mm-hmm. and have still have so much to say and make the make the characters at the center of it so powerful and and have such great stories and arcs and it's like you just you care about these people and that is something you don't usually say mm-hmm. with the US Godzilla movies that we've been seeing so so yeah no it's it's a real triumph i'm I am glad. I think that was like my first initial thought was like, I'm just so glad this was made, mm-hmm. like, and made the way it was, because, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really is an all timer, and you have people who with much better sort of Godzilla credentials than me saying it's the greatest Godzilla movie ever made. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it's in there. I think Gareth Edwards himself was like, this is, this is the Godzilla movie people should be trying to make. Yep, and so. Can't say it better than that, I guess. Yeah. But uh, you know, like I said, we could be talking forever about this, but there has to be a logical uh, conclusion before you know all the ten people that listen to this, uh, you know, peace out. So once again, thank you, Nikki, so much for uh, joining Triad and for talking about Godzilla. Always Absolutely. fun to talk something that's not Star Wars. Obviously, we you know put Star Wars into everything, but it's refreshing, right, to talk about. Uh, now these Japanese movies and Godzilla and Boy in the Heron, mm-hmm. even though we didn't go deep into that. But before we sign off, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and what you have going on so they can check everything out? Yeah, you can um, check out the Imperial Senate podcast. That is the Star Wars podcast I am a main timer on. Um, that We've been, again, we've been off for the strike, so we're just trying to wake up again. Um, I'm going to have another little show on there called the Yub Nub Club, something I've been working on. Um, you will definitely at some point hear Goose there. Um, and so. then, <laughs> yeah. And then what else? I've got one and done film club, which I do with um, my friend Reed and probably listeners will know Alden Diaz. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on there too with me. We watch, we watch franchise films. We, it's a whole process. We, we pitch which franchise film to watch to each other and we mm-hmm. vote on it. You know, we have to be unanimous. We decide which one to watch and we watch it. We do a live commentary with it. Um, so that that is that project. Uh, I do rewatch Between Worlds on Octo Radio with Alden. Um, and I'm also um, a contributor on Casterly Talk with Alden and Ken Knapsack. So I've heard of that guy. Yeah, good times. So if you are a House of the Dragon fan, as you can see, I'm double targeted up on a, on a Monday night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're a big fan of House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, Game of Thrones, uh, Willow. We did all of Willow there too. Um, so yeah, I heard that was a show on Disney Plus. Yeah, and Disney Plus. Yeah, dude, I got such a bone to pick. Like, 
We'll, we'll, we'll get gonna, it back. Gonna, we'll get it back. I'm going to send Godzilla after. We're going <laughs> to so. we're gonna restore the Snyder, the Snyderverse. Uh, yeah. That shit. We're, so the we'll, we'll get it back. Yeah. So you can check out Casterly Talk for kind of your more sword and sorcery fantasy stuff. Awesome. That's great. And for everyone that didn't catch all of that, we'll just leave descriptions and uh, uh, links in the description below. Sorry, it's late. Uh, so that you can check that out. Please check it out. Nikki's great. Great things to say, as you've heard. And obviously all the sites that he contributes to are amazing sites to check out as well. But without further ado, that has been the episode today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this has been enlightening. If you've seen Godzilla, we hope that this has been a great conversation. Tell us what you think down in the description below. If you haven't seen Godzilla, hopefully this motivates you to go see it because you should definitely give it a chance, especially on the big screen because there's nothing better than going to the movies, at least in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. But with that, we have been Trial of the Force. You can find us on Twitter, unfortunately, even though we're active on threads now, Facebook, Instagram, Blue Sky, I guess. We're on all the things. Just search for at Trial of the Force and you will find us. We're on YouTube on all your pod chasers, pod catchers, whatever it's called. Find, uh, look for us. We'll be there as well. We want to support the channel. We have a T public. Look a couple of t-shirts. Every dollar helps. I need a new computer to edit these videos because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's suffering right now. But if you can't do that, make sure to share, like, subscribe. We'll appreciate any kind of support. But with that, thank you so much. And may the force be with you. Mm -hmm.